guys, welcome to episode 136 of SwiftCast. This is Ashley, Adam, Nate, and Steph. And I feel hungover right now because I stayed up way too late, (laughs) not partying like someone my age might be doing, but actually I stayed up to watch the 1989 World Tour on Apple Music. Me too. It was insane. It was so good. So good. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, they were you know, promoting that it was going to come out today, Sunday, the 20th, but I had a feeling it would be up Saturday night, which it was a few hours early. Yeah, and I think most people had thought it would come out at midnight Eastern time, which is 9 p.m. Pacific, but it even came out earlier than that. So I think people were a little bit surprised and Twitter kind of flipped out. People were like, oh my gosh, it's up. (laughs) Well, actually, I think you called that, right? Didn't you say uh, before just because of iTunes? It usually happens. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that usually happens. I remember waiting for all of the promo singles to come out for 1989 every Monday night, and they would always be out a little bit early. And man, when it finally hit, it hit. I would love to know how many views it's had or how many people have signed up to Apple Music for it just to watch it. That is literally the only reason I signed up for it. (laughs) There has to be some way... To tell how many streams it's had. Maybe they'll release that later. That'd be cool. I feel like maybe they will. I feel like Apple is very possessive of its data. I feel like they might not want to release it to the public. They're a little bit too possessive of their data sometimes. Well, for example, podcasts like ours and all the podcasts on iTunes, you know, we get information on how many downloads we get through other services that we pay for, but iTunes itself doesn't release any information. But I think for albums, it's now required now that the data has changed. You know how just within the past year, they made it so that first week sales not only include physical copies, but also streams from places like Spotify. So I would think that Apple would be required to include that data for billboard purposes. Yeah, that makes sense. I wish that someone would make a rule then that they had to release information for podcasters. <laughs> That'd be helpful. And I don't know if this video will be included, if somehow we'll get information within a week or so, hopefully. It'd be interesting to see the numbers. And even, I just also want to know how many people have signed up for the free trial within the past week since the announcement was made. Probably more people in the past week than since Apple Music started till now i would not be surprised i bet their stock went up (laughs) well we're going to be talking a little bit later about just some of our reactions and observations to the live tour video and so look forward to that later in the episode but for now we have a bunch of older tweets and since we didn't do older tweets last week we have some birthday tweets from taylor over the years The first one is not a birthday tweet, but it does come from December 14th, the day after Taylor's birthday, back in 2009. Taylor wrote, just found my old life-sized Brad Paisley cardboard cutout. Or better yet, it found me. Cue Twilight Zone music. (laughs) That's funny that she has a full-size cardboard cutout of him. And now people have cardboard cutouts of her. Well, the next one comes from December 12th, the day before her birthday, uh, in 2010. She tweets, Tonight, Caitlin Bird and Liz Hewitt knocked on my door, and they brought a pizza with a lit 21 candle on it and birthday hats. Smiley face. Aw. 
So that was the day before the infamous 21st birthday, which resulted in the moment I knew, right? That's right. That's right. Well, a year later, Taylor was much happier on her birthday, December 13th, 2011. <laughs> Taylor tweeted, I'm so 22 right now. The iconic tweets. But we have to note that 22 had not actually been written, or maybe it was at that moment, but we didn't know about the existence of 22 because we didn't learn about that until 2012. And related to that, on the same day, December 13th, 2011, Taylor tweeted, Studio, birthday, new album, Red Shoes, which was all full of clues that we did not interpret. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I look back on that tweet and I hate it so much now that I just like so obviously did not see any of those clues. But if you if you would have said to me in 2011, oh, I know what her new album is going to be called. It's going to be called Red. I would have been like, uh, no, that's such a weird album title. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. That ended up being like the most perfect title for the album. I think both Red and 1989, nobody would have called because they're both very obscure, really. That's true. Right. Seriously. I actually think maybe she recorded the song 22 that day. That would be cool. That would be cool, but I don't know for sure when she recorded it. Well, I remember at some point her saying that the song was kind of inspired by, I feel like she said, spending the summer with her friends. Mm -hmm. So that made me think that it was summer 2012. She wrote it before the album was announced in August. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be true. Mm -hmm. Our next one comes from December 13th, 2012. Taylor wrote, the video starring the unbelievable Reeve Carney, directed by the amazing Anthony Mandler. I'm so proud of this one. And it was a link to the I Knew You Were Trouble music video. Speaking of that, that makes me wonder what's going on with the video that we know Taylor was filming several weeks ago now in Australia. I think she's going to wait a bit. She needs to, I guess, promote the live 1989 streaming although it sort of promotes itself. And then you have the holidays. Maybe, I don't know that she'll wait until the Grammys. Her newest thing has been releasing videos at award shows, but maybe she'll actually show up at the People's Choice Awards and do it there. It's true. She hasn't gone to the People's Choice Awards in a long time. I think at this point, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this late in December, I think if she released another single, which obviously she will, It'll be the latest single into an album that she's ever released. Is that true? Um, I think it definitely will be the most singles released, right? I don't know about most. Let's see. What is this? The sixth? Yeah. Okay. I think Speak Now had six. I could be wrong. I think I was thinking, I guess I'm still assuming New Romantics will be the final single. Mm -hmm. And I think <laughs> if that happens, then that will be the album with the most released singles. Oh, okay. Yep, that's true. And I feel like for Speak Now, she released ours as a single pretty late also. It was like October, November she released that, I remember. So I think even now in December, it's still later than when she released ours, because that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the one specifically. Although I think for Red, Red was the final single for that album. And I think, it, I know it was released around the CMT Music Awards, probably May. Mm -hmm. But I forget which year was it. I think it was... 2013. It's 2013, yeah. And are we pretty confident that the new single is Out of the Woods? Yeah, I heard it at the gym the other day. I haven't heard it on the radio yet, though. Yeah, I'm the same way. I haven't heard it on local radio, but I did hear it on satellite radio. Right. 
which is what I have at the gym. So yeah, it's a great single. I'm excited. And then you mentioned New Romantics earlier, I wanted to ask, and I kind of feel like we might not get a tour music video. Do you think we still will? I think we still will. But that could just be me hoping. I kind of don't think so. I don't think so either at this point. It wouldn't be promoting anything. We got the awesome live tour video now. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Who knows, though? I mean, really. I mean, anything could happen. Yeah, I think with the other albums, the tour DVDs came out after the tour videos, right? Yes, I believe so. Was there a Speak Now tour video? Yeah. Yeah, for Sparks Sparks Fly. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I remember. No, that definitely came out before the DVD. Sparks Fly, I think, was in the spring. No, I feel like the DVD came out in November, the one the tour was ending. I think Sparks Fly came out months before that. It did, for sure. Yeah, it was in the summer. Maybe early summer, yeah. So, yeah, maybe you guys are right, but I would like one because I don't like to break tradition. Oh, me too. <laughs> but we'll see. You guys might be right. Maybe this is it. Maybe Out of the Woods will be the final single. Maybe. Whoa. And then we just have to wait. <laughs> well, anyway, our next tweet comes from December 14th of 2013, literally the next day. And she tweets, now I'm going to try and pronounce this right because I know you Australian Swifties will be on me about this. Our Melbourne final bows. How'd I do? Hashtag red to her. And she tweeted a picture of the final bows. Sounds right. Yeah, that was good. Well, thank you. On December 15th, 2014, Taylor tweeted, Happy birthday to Alana from Heim. And then she wrote, So happy I got to watch you blow out your candles while you were singing a scandalous slash perfect rap song. As you do. And a few weeks after that, Taylor hung out with Heim in Hawaii and announced that they were going to be opening on certain dates of the 1989 world tour. That was such an exciting announcement. Yeah, did that come up, like, out of the blue? Because I remember the original announcement was just Vance and Sean, and then this was obviously later down the road, so I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like they just kind of formed a really good friendship really quickly. They went on that vacation, and then they were like, oh, let's add you to the tour. That was it. Mm -hmm. In the past, like, as in on the Red Tour, she had several different openers, and some of them were added later, like, you know, how she would have, obviously, Ed was at every show. And then before Ed, there was a country act who rotated to different ones. And then before even the country act, I think Austin Mahone was first. And I think she added Austin later on. Okay. Yeah, I think so. It's hard to remember. But especially with the opener openers, it did seem like she added them later. Well, that was fun looking back at some of Taylor's birthdays from previous years. And now we have a ton of news to catch up on in Keeping Up with Swift. And the first piece of news there is that Time Magazine named Catastrophe, which is Taylor's character from the Bad Blood video, as the 10th most influential character of the year. <laughs> I don't know what, what to really think about that. I don't know. I'm happy, of course. I'm surprised, also. So I guess this was a countdown of fictional characters? It must be. Yeah, that's pretty crazy when you think about how many fictional characters there are. In books <laughs> and movies. Seriously. Mm -hmm. So I just went and looked at this list, which is from Time Magazine from December 8th, if you guys want to see it. And they honestly just took characters from lots of different types of things. Not even all current movies or anything, but 
I just want to let you guys know that Taylor was beat out by the minions. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of funny. The minions had the number two spot on the list for this year, which I mean, I guess they are pretty influential. Well, our next piece of news, if you remember, Taylor performed in Australia at a place called Nova's Red Room, and it was a very small, you had to be invited, uh, intimate set that was acoustic, and she recorded, well, she didn't record, but she played four songs for the attendees, and you can see two of them online, Wildest Dreams and Shake It Off have been posted. So you can go watch those videos. They're very good. I highly recommend watching those videos. Oh my god, seriously, they're so good. Anything acoustic that Taylor does, I mean, just blows me away every single time. It's awesome to see her in front of a small audience. I hope one day I can be a part of any of those like intimate you know, sessions that she has. Just very, very rarely does she have one. But seriously, could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, it's not like you saw her on a New York City rooftop or anything. You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I know what you mean. There's, I mean, we've had some amazing experiences, but there's something you can't beat about Taylor acoustic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess I have no room to talk. But <laughs> even still. Well, anyway, uh, our next one here. Taylor's song, This Love, was featured in a Victoria's Secret commercial during this year's Victoria's Secret fashion show, which is pretty awesome. It'll be the third year. At least Taylor has made some type of appearance. Yeah, I like that that song got exposure. I meant to look up on iTunes where it was charting the day after the show, but I forgot to look. But I hope that people who maybe didn't have the song decided to download it after seeing that commercial. Well, Billboard named Taylor as the Artist of the Year, and this is the second time that Taylor has achieved this, so that's pretty exciting. And I think she definitely was the artist of the year. Speaking of Billboard, I also wanted to mention that the other night on TV, they actually broadcast this year's Women in Music Billboard event. It's the first time they've actually shown it on TV. Taylor was honored as the person of the year last year, but I watched it and it was pretty cool because Kelsey Ballerini, who we just interviewed last week, was named the Billboard Women Rising Star. Very cool. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, she got a special award on the show, and she sang a couple songs, and she also talked about Taylor and said how she just can't believe how she went from being a fan of all these amazing artists to getting to play and be on the same level as them, and it was just really awesome to see that. So it kind of sounds like, because of our interview, that gave her some inspiration to say what she said at this award show. Just saying. Yeah, I mean... Honestly, it could be, you know, I, I'm sure she never will forget performing with Taylor, but she said she really enjoyed just getting to recap that moment with us. And I'm sure she was thinking about it. And then just a couple of days later is when she went to Billboard to give the speech. If you guys haven't heard our interview with Kelsey yet, you should definitely check that out. She was great to talk to. And that's up on iTunes as a special bonus episode that we put out before episode 135. So That's on iTunes, and it's on SwiftCast13.com also. And another recent piece of news is that Taylor won International Artist of the Year at the BBC Music Awards. I don't know much about those awards, but that's exciting. I mean, anything Artist of the Year. I mean, BBC, obviously, humongous broadcasting company, so. I don't think she attended that show. No, she had a little video as an accepted speech. 
Yeah, it was funny. She said the award was as heavy as a car. It looked really heavy. The next piece of news can be seen as both good and bad, really. The 1989 World Tour was the number one selling tour on StubHub in 2015. If you're not from the United States, StubHub is the ticket reseller website here. So obviously that means that the tour was very, very popular, and that's good. But on the bad side, the ticket prices on the resale market were very, very high. <laughs> I spent some money on StubHub. <laughs> next year, I'm not going to make the same mistake for next tour. I'm going to buy all my tickets up front. Every ticket to every show. Every ticket. Well, our next bit of news, the 1989 World Tour, big news, ended on December 12th in Melbourne. The best part about it was that Taylor sang Long Live as a secret song. Boo, why couldn't she do it in Tampa? <laughs> I so wish she would have. Tampa gave her the idea, and then she decided to save it. It must have. For those of you who are not in Tampa, we seriously, like the entire stadium was just like, Long Live, Long Live, <laughs> like, just shouting it at her. She just kind of smiled and then shrugged it off and ended up singing 15. So anyway, I'm glad she ended up singing it at least once, though, on this tour. Yeah, that was a perfect way to end the tour. And in not surprising news at all, the 1989 World Tour was the top tour of the year in terms of revenue. It made $250,733,097. And the number of fans who attended the tour was 2,278,647 people. So that's a lot. That is a quarter billion dollars that tour made. Oh. A quarter billion. Yeah. That's insane. And do we know if that includes merch and everything else at the venues, or is that just tickets? I think it's just tickets. I believe just ticket sales, yeah. Now, as far as this number goes, I'm pretty sure this dwarfs the top tour sales. Am I right when I say that? Last I, I checked, I thought it was U2, and I thought that they were like 170 million, maybe something like that. Yeah, actually, there's a list that included the top 25 tours of the year, and U2 was actually number three with 133 million. Who was number two? One Direction, 208 million. Wow. How is that even possible when they were selling tickets on Groupon? Yeah, it's surprising. I mean, I guess if you offer the tickets for like $10, more people are going to buy them. So maybe that evened out for them. They had more shows, I think, than Taylor as well. So that might have factored in. I think if you looked at revenue per show, it would be insane. But I don't think anybody's broken those down. And here's a little comparison for you just to show how big Taylor has become. The revenue from the Fearless Tour was $63 million. The revenue from the Speak Now tour was $123 million, and the revenue from the Red tour was $150 million. Wow. So it's just like tripling. I mean, from the Fearless tour to now, it's quadruple what the Fearless tour made. Mm -hmm. And even just from the past two tours, from Red to 1989, uh, it increased 67%. And I mean, obviously you have to look at that ticket prices did increase over the years, but also, she's selling out such bigger venues that that helps a lot, too. Yeah, she's doing fewer shows at bigger venues with increased prices. But the difference is just astounding when you compare all the revenues from each tour. Well, our next piece of news is that Taylor is number four 
on Billboard's list of Hot 100 songwriters. And at number one and two on the list are Max Martin and Shellback, which are obviously Taylor's collaborators on a ton of her songs. And Martin and Shellback are not only on the Hot 100 songwriters, but also on the Hot 100 producers. Well, you can tell she definitely knows how to pick them. That makes me wonder because obviously they're like the hottest producers in Hollywood and so many people want to work with them. It makes me wonder if artists, like if they know they're working on an album or going to be working on one, do they have to like reserve them in advance? Like how does that work? <laughs> like how do they even have the time to get around as much as they do? Oh, most likely. I could see that. Some intense scheduling. That's a great question. Like I really wonder, we obviously don't know Taylor's plans, but if she is planning to release a new album in fall 2016, it'd be funny if she's like, Martin and Shellback, can I book you guys for July of 2016? Can I just have you on retainer for like three, four months? Our next piece of news is that Taylor's new wax figure at Madame Tussauds in Germany features the Welcome to New York outfit. And it actually looks like a human. It's really realistic and good. I think it's the best one I've ever seen of her. I wish they would just have an exhibit of just all Taylor figures with all the different outfits from the tour. And to be in an easy location to get to so that everybody can see it. Yeah, Germany is a little far. They should just do it in every country and in the United States, multiple places. On a related note, I heard from a friend who recently went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland that they actually have there on display the handwritten lyrics from Welcome to New York. Oh, get out of here. I mean, I've seen a couple of her other songs like that. I know they had We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together in Nashville, and I think they had some at the L.A. exhibit, but I didn't know that they had that one in Cleveland. Well, looks like I need to take a road trip. (laughs) And our final bit of news is actually one that is really cool, touching, inspirational. I mean, you name it, this is what Taylor Swift is about. Taylor went to a fan. Uh, Her name is Delaney. Now, Delaney has neuroblastoma. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's terminal. There was this massive campaign online to have Delaney meet Taylor. And Taylor happened to catch wind of young Delaney here. She ended up going to her house this past week and visiting her and spending some time with her. It was really very cool of her. Very awesome. The pictures were very sweet. It looked like she hung out for several hours at their house. Yeah, it looked like they were taking selfies and making silly faces and all kinds of things. I wonder if there's a video that at some point we'll get to see where she opens her front door and there's Taylor Swift standing there. (laughs) I hope we get something like that. Those are always the best videos. Yeah, Delaney's mom has been posting on Facebook about Delaney and about the campaign. So I would really like to know if they had any idea Taylor was coming or if Taylor just showed up. And there's a photo of Taylor waking Delaney up from her nap and they're just hugging and it's such a touching photo. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up hearing that Delaney gets some type of Christmas gift from Taylor in the next week. I hope so. I mean, it really just goes to show always, we always say this, but just how genuine and just kind that Taylor is to her fans, to kids. I mean, really, she just goes out of her way for so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no one else would do anything like this ever. Well, Taylor's upcoming calendar is a little sparse, sadly, since we don't have a tour anymore. (laughs) Please don't cry. But on January 6th, 
Taylor is nominated for several People's Choice Awards, and her nominations include Favorite Female Artist, Favorite Pop Artist, Favorite Song for Bad Blood, and Favorite Social Media Celebrity. So, who knows? Like I said earlier, she hasn't gone to this award show in several years, but maybe she'll go this time, and maybe she'll release the Out of the Woods music video. That would be cool. Good way to start off the new year. That's all we have, unfortunately, for the calendar for right now. But we're going to move into our fashion segment. Our first piece of fashion is from the 1989 tour meet and greet on December 10th in Australia. Taylor wore an Alice and Olivia Weebla embroidered sleeveless dress, which is $495, and it's still available. On December 13th, her birthday, she attended Jimmy Iovine's Christmas party and she wore a Zimmerman crepe braid jumpsuit, $480. I love that I keep getting these Australia ones. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, Our next one is from the Melbourne airport. Now, you guys probably saw the video where Taylor ended up meeting a couple of young fans right after the show in the airport. She was wearing an aqua plaid skirt, which normal price $68 on sale for $30.60. Unfortunately, it sold out, but it is available in navy if you're interested. She wore a Brandy Melville Abbey knit sweater, 26 bucks, a Wolford seamless pure 50 tights, which is $61, a Zimmerman suede tassel loafers, $495 regular price on sale for $346.50. And finally, she also wore a Zimmerman crossbody satchel for $475. Wasn't that video so cool? It really was. She just walked up to them. I don't know how people didn't notice her in the airport. (laughs) <laughs> they just kept walking by i saw in the background too if that was me i'd just be like oh my God. you could just hear me in the background oh my God. <laughs> just run over crash the video like <laughs> oh man she just saw this little girl with wearing her shirt and walked up to her typical taylor that's what she always does the little girl was so sweet too you could tell she was so just like starstruck and appreciative and taylor said something like were you at the show last night Did you have fun? It was so cute. Well, then on December 19th, while Taylor was meeting Delaney at Delaney's home in Colorado, Taylor wore an Aritzia Babaton Nathaniel sweater in Royal Navy, and that is $85. And that's all we have for fashion for this week. As always, thanks to TaySwiftStyle.com for tracking down all of the fashion for us. And now it's time for our very exciting main discussion where we'll give you guys some of our first impressions of the live tour video. Well, for me, I was really happy with the video. I mentioned last week that I I do want a DVD, but I have to get past that and not complain about it on every episode. Hey, we may still get lucky. Who knows? I'm holding out for it. I'm holding out. We may, but people are probably tired of me talking about the red DVD So (laughs) I'll just focus on the video. And I thought it was great. I'm so glad we got pretty much the full tour. There were parts that were cut out that I wish had been in there. For example, some of the instrumental breaks in between songs. And sometimes I felt like the speeches were cut short. And the speech before Wildest Dreams is not included. And I think that is such an underrated speech because it's about how happiness is like a fleeting thing and We need to all embrace it, and she hopes that we all think back on this night when we're having a bad day. It's just such a great speech. 
for me, that speech always meant more to me personally than the clean speech. I mean, the clean speech is great. I just connected more to the wildest dream speech. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah, me too. Towards the end of the U.S. tour, she, for whatever reason, time or something, stopped doing that speech, and I was really disappointed about it. It's truly underrated, especially because it ties in so well with the song, too, because then she goes into Enchanted with This Night is Sparkling. And when you have a million bracelets lit up and everybody is so thrilled to be there, the night is definitely sparkling. But other than that, I felt like it really covered the tour. I was happy about that. Some of the editing sort of bothered me in parts. I think during Welcome to New York, I felt like there were weird angles going on, but I got used to it. And then during I Wish You Would, there's a lot of weird, like sometimes lyrics pop up on the screen and they do these weird outlines of Taylor that are all in neon. And I don't know, I just think I would prefer personally just to see Taylor on the stage rather than having all of these lyrics and and things pop up. But again, I really can't complain. My complaints are so minimal. I felt very happy. Actually, I think my biggest complaint is the lack of special guest performances. <laughs> After last week's episode, when Adam came up with the idea that there should be a menu and you can just click on each special guest performance, I was completely sold on Adam's idea. Oh, absolutely. And he should have been like the producer of this thing and <laughs> instituted that because there weren't full performances of the guests. It was just these little clips that were peppered in throughout the whole video, which is great. I loved being able to see a lot of that backstage interaction and little clips of the onstage performance, but it's just not the same. It's not. And the only thing I can really think of as to why they didn't is maybe... I don't know, Taylor kind of just wants to leave that as something special for the people that were there. True, but they hyped it up so much. They really did. They had all the special previews about guests, and Taylor talked about it so much in promoting this. So it's kind of a letdown. But again, I, I can't complain. We got what we wanted, really. Mm -hmm. I also think it was partially due to time restraints. I mean, obviously, any of us big fans would watch anything no matter how long it would be <laughs> so if they included all the different special guests this thing would have been you know four five six hours long and then that's just you know not practical you don't see movies these days that are that long like steph said and i mentioned last week the menu idea would have been cool but that's maybe just something that apple music doesn't do you know this is just a, a one shot two hours and 11 minutes little movie and so that's all they had time for I was just thinking, imagine how well this movie would have done in theaters. I'm glad she didn't go that route, though, because that's sort of the trendy thing to do these days. And I like that Taylor doesn't follow trends. She sets the trends. Oh, yeah. I just feel like the ticket sales would have been crazy, but I'm also glad she didn't. Yeah, it would have probably been. Imagine, though, one positive from a movie would have been... Well, I guess two positives, seeing it on the huge movie theater screen and two, having incredibly loud audio like you're there again. You're right. That would have been cool. Somebody should rent out a movie theater and somehow play it there. <laughs> and I've just been thinking more about this partnership with Taylor and Apple. And I really think this is just the beginning. 
you know, I know a lot of people are wondering if she's going to take a break or if she's going to put out an album like normal on her two year schedule. But I really think more and more that she is. I think that whatever her reasons were for doing this with Apple, I think they have big plans together for the future. You're probably right. I mean, I mean, this I'm sure is just the tip of the iceberg. Whatever that she has planned for the next album, I'm sure is just going to just be incredible. I can I can totally see this becoming quite a long relationship between the two of them. Yeah, I agree. And I think Taylor saying she's taking a break is when you compare the ending of Red, which was June 2014 for tour, to when the album came out, that was really a short break. Well, here the tour is done in December. She has practically a full year before her normal new album would come out if she followed the same schedule. And maybe she won't follow the same exact schedule, but I don't think we're going to be waiting for four years for her to have something new. I just don't see it happening. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think she's has a lot that's inspiring her. And I think she's surrounded by so many great, talented people lately that I just feel like she must have ideas. Well, and even during the interview to promote the video, she said that she is writing, but she doesn't write 30 songs a month. She only finishes writing a song when it's great. And that was her quote. It has to be something great. So it's not like she's not doing anything. She said her concern right now is about quality, and that's it, which is fantastic. That's what we want. One of the my favorite things that I learned from the little clips inserted into the tour video was that she asks the special guests, each one, to choose how they want the bracelets to look while they're performing. That is really cool. I really like that. I mean, I just remember the, my, the most memorable one for me with the bracelets was Andy Grammer in Chicago. The gold bracelets. I mean, it was just like a sea of gold everywhere. It was, it was insane. It was awesome. And that's partly because we didn't know that they could turn that color. We were shocked. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember for the very first special guest, which I was lucky enough to be at, Imagine Dragons, they were all alternating red and blue, and I thought that was awesome. Oh, and I love that when she ended up singing Red as a secret song. And of course, everyone's bracelets lit up red. It was just, it was awesome. It kind of took me back to, of course, Red to her. The other thing that was cool with special guests is she said that she wanted each special guest to feel like this was a huge deal and that Taylor knew it was a huge deal. And so not just asking for the bracelets, but saying, do you want to dance for this? Where do you want to be lifted up? Do you want the back lift? Do you want the front lift? And then with Justin Timberlake, she was talking about pyro, and Justin said (laughs) he hadn't had pyro since he was in this band a while ago. (laughs) That was funny. But she really went all out for these special guests because they were donating their time and coming for this just for free, just because they love performing. And like Ashley said, I think that probably really inspired her because these are all people who are true artists who really care about the music and fans. And how can that not be inspiring? And I wanted to ask you guys what you thought your favorite clip was from the video uh, regarding the special guests. And I wanted to answer first because I have a feeling other people might take what I was going to (laughs) say. And my favorite was by far Wiz Khalifa, See You Again. I was just... And this is taking the words right out of Taylor's mouth, but just how genuinely happy he was to be there. Um, You could just tell in his expression when they're standing out at the end of the runway there, he puts his arm up and starts waving to have the crowd, you know, wave their arms back and forth with him. And he's just looking around at the sea of people and you can tell that he is just so happy to be there. 
That was really cool. I'd never seen a good video of Wiz Khalifa, his performance from the 1989 tour. So to see that in its HD quality, in all its glory, right at the climax, it was insane. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And not to mention, Taylor's vocals on that song were unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. I loved that more than I loved the original song. Mm -hmm. Don't you wish you could have a recording of that song with her vocals? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I definitely do. And what I was going to say just about the whole thing, both the tour and the special guest clips, as much as it was annoying at the time, it sort of made me more understanding of how they've been deleting everything off of YouTube all along because there's really no comparison in the quality. That's true. It's very true. There's not. Oh, how if you were able to see the YouTube clips of all these that the quality would be poor? Yeah, even just of Taylor's songs. There's such a difference of watching someone's YouTube video and getting to see a close-up of her face during a performance. And I think that that's a lot of why they were deleting these clips is because they really wanted it to be a special and exclusive experience when they finally put this out. Mm -hmm. So what were a couple of your guys' highlights from the guests? I would have to say Fifth Harmony. Oh, that was cool. That was actually really cool. Taylor saying she could barely fit into the costume. <laughs> okay, Taylor. <laughs> and just seeing them learn the dance moves and Taylor was so excited. That was awesome. Now, one of my favorites, and I know a lot of people won't really agree, we'll get to that later, but was definitely Mick Jagger. I mean, he's such a legend. I would so have loved to see that performance. I'd have been right there alongside concert grandma, <laughs> you know, screaming and cheering when Mick Jagger came out, so... Why would you say that's not popular? Mick Jagger is a legend. Oh, he's he's popular, but like as far as this fandom goes, as far as just like the general trend of things, that performance wasn't one of the top performances, I guess, for a lot of people. So anyway, we'll find out. I mean, you know, in a minute when we go over a couple things. But for me, though, seriously, I mean, and then the fact that Taylor and her band, I mean, were just such in awe that he, you know, showed up perform satisfaction and the way that she put it it sounded like Mick Jagger set the precedent for all these other amazing guests basically to come out so for me I think that was one of the top performances definitely of the tour oh yeah definitely for me too you guys all stole mine <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also really loved Alanis Morissette and I wish I could have seen more of that and even with Miranda Lambert, it was so short, but I didn't realize until Taylor talked about it that Miranda came up on a throne of the dancers. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but that was pretty funny. And Mary J. Blige was also really cool because Taylor was so inspired by the song Doubt and their performance of it was just spectacular. And it's crazy to think when you see these video clips of her at Soundcheck with all of these people, for me, what I always think is, She was inside the stadium rehearsing this with them while I and so many other people were just standing outside just waiting to get in. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I know. Seriously. Just like anxiously awaiting sound check, like trying to see if we can hear anything, but we can't. Yeah, especially when she started to turn the volume down so you really weren't able to find out. That was so smart. I do have to give an honorable mention to Adina Menzel. Only because we were there, we were able to witness how awesome it was to see Taylor in the Olaf costume alongside Adina in the Elsa costume. And then, of course, tearing it off and then just like owning the entire stadium like it was nobody's business. Definitely. Yeah, that was cool. It sounded like she had that one planned out for months. Just the way she was talking about it, because she mentioned that John Legend and Mick Jagger were so spontaneous. But others she had planned out for months and then she referenced Adina. So that's cool. 
And one other honorable mention has to be Justin Timberlake. Oh, of course. (laughs) Just Taylor said it herself. You know, he is one of the greatest musicians of our time, our age group, if you will. And he just was the ultimate special guest. She said she didn't expect him to say yes. Which is very odd. I think she's making that up. (laughs) Actually, in the recent interview with... It might have been Vogue. I can't remember exactly. NME. One of those. The interviewer was in the car with Taylor when Justin called her and said he would do it. And the author wrote that Taylor just flipped out and said, this is crazy. And she repeated it at least four or five times because she just could not believe that he said yes. But Taylor called Justin Timberlake the Frank Sinatra of our generation. I'm sure he's pretty happy about that. (laughs) So we polled um, a lot of you guys on Twitter about your favorite moments of the 1989 tour on Twitter. We asked you guys, our first question was, what was your favorite tour performance? Um, The results came back. We had four options for each of these. For this one, the winner was Out of the Woods with 38%, followed by Blank Space at 25%. 19% of you said Clean, and 18% of you said Other. There's so many others to choose from that I felt like Other had to be a choice. There really is. (laughs) Well... One thing that's interesting in the video is Taylor said Blank Space is one of her favorite performances, and she also called the song her biggest song ever. When she said that, I sort of paused for a second and thought, wait, well, Taylor thinks it's her biggest song ever, but I don't know. I know it's huge. It is absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. I thought Shake It Off might be bigger. It seems like Shake It Off would be her biggest song ever. Yeah, I was a little taken aback by that. Just a little surprised. Well, that is the song that she submitted for Grammy nominations, and she does have nominations for it. Yeah, I was thinking maybe after the Grammys, then say it does get to Grammys, then yeah, maybe we could say it's her biggest song ever. I was just surprised, that's all. I'd be surprised if she thinks it's still bigger than Love Story, because I think Love Story is all time her biggest song. Yeah, exactly. When she said that, I was thinking, what about Love Story? What about Shake It Off? She was probably just thinking of recent success. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably. And hopefully it will win two Grammys. Well, our next question that we asked was, if you could see Taylor live in any city, which city would you pick? And the choices were Los Angeles, Nashville, New York City, or Tokyo. And the winner in the poll was New York City at 51%, with second place going to Nashville and third to L.A., which is kind of surprising based on the fact that L.A. has a ton of shows and seems to always get the best special guests. I voted for L.A. Yeah, exactly. I know what you people are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people are just wishing that she would bring back shows at Madison Square Garden. That's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, Madison Square, New Year's. It'd be pretty cool to see her perform in New York City. Then we also asked people what their favorite secret song was. And for this, I just, I narrowed it down to some of the more rare secret songs because there were some she did a lot. But of the ones that I asked, um, the choices were Red, Mean, Fearless, and Long Live. And Long Live won by a landslide at 69%. I voted for Long Live. So I'm right there with you guys. And then 15% of people said fearless, 9% red, and 7% mean. I agree with Long Live. Absolutely. We also asked what your favorite Shake It Off outfit is, and 55% of you said the pink one. Yay. The best one. 
28% said blue and 17% said green. R.I.P. Green outfit. <laughs> Christmas tree outfit. Well, she did choose the blue for the video, so maybe the blue is Taylor's favorite. That could be. Yeah, I have nothing against the blue. I really like the blue. It's just that the pink one's my favorite. I think it suits her the best. I was actually thinking about that while I was watching the video, and I was wondering how she decided which color to wear. And then I was thinking, maybe because of how you get the girl where she's wearing pink, she decided she either had to do blue or green, and then she went with blue. But I have no idea. This is just what I was thinking about while I was watching the video. If I remember correctly, I think that blue was the original outfit that she started wearing before she began changing it up. The very first show in Tokyo? Yeah, and even at the first U.S. shows, I feel like she wore blue for a while. I think you're right. And this video was very close to the original. Obviously, we had the full set with this love and all you had to do was stay. I was disappointed that she didn't wear the newer style outfit. Yeah, me too. I was really hoping to see that. But I feel very lucky that I saw that in person because that outfit is amazing. By the newer style one, do you mean the purple one or the blue one? The blue one with like the cutouts on it. Oh yeah, the blue one's my favorite. I think she debuted that one in LA. To this day, I'm still shocked that she has never brought back that one out of the woods outfit that one time, the black one. The black one, yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. It was so cool. It matched perfectly the, the background with the trees and the darkness. And mm -hmm. I might have talked about this before, but I think it's interesting how this is the first tour where she's really changed up her costumes every night. I remember for Red Tour, like during the B-Stage set list, she, for some of the special shows, she would put on like a, a different t-shirt. Um, I remember in Nashville specifically, one time she had the Grand Ole Opry t-shirt. That's true, yeah. And a couple of things like that, but nothing like how she's done it this tour. This was the first time she's changed several of her outfits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she probably did it to give more of an element of surprise to the shows because, as she constantly says, she knows that people are often spoiled before they come to the show. I'm glad she knows that. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it that much better. So we also asked you guys who was your favorite opening act. And obviously the choices were Vance Joy, Sean Mendez, and Haim. And 47% of you said Vance, 40% said Sean Mendez, and 13% said Haim, which I was surprised about, but I guess also a lot of fans didn't have the chance to see Haim since they were only at certain shows. That's true. I'm pretty sure, and probably nothing against Vance Joy or Sean Mendez, but we were fortunate to be able to talk to Amos in the pit in Chicago. And from the way he was making it sound, I mean, he came out during Haim's set list to see them perform. The way he was making it sound, they were his favorite as well. Yeah, they were all really good. I just thought that Haim really fit sort of the theme of 1989. Their style of music even sort of sounds 80s and their group of girls just killing it, which is awesome. But I loved everybody. And back to what you we were saying earlier about how Taylor added them on later. I think maybe she realized that they were a good opportunity to bring in more girl power and more 80s sound to the tour. Yeah, they really fit perfectly. I wish they could have done more shows. But at least now we all know about them because I actually didn't know about them at all before. Yeah, me neither, honestly. And the final question that we asked you guys was really an impossible question. And that is, who was your favorite special guest? And... 
there were obviously so many special guests and we were only able to throw in four choices. And the choices we gave were Justin Timberlake, Adina Menzel, Mick Jagger, and Selena Gomez. And the results came back 43% for Selena. And then in second place, Justin. In third, Adina Menzel. And in fourth, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger only had 5% of that vote. I do not know how. Yeah, that's very low. I actually thought Justin would win this. I really did too, as soon as we put it out, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised Selena did as well as she did, but I know there are a lot of crossover fans between Taylor and Selena, so. Yeah, there really are, and they've been friends for so long. It's almost like they're a package deal. Well, it was just really hard to pick a favorite for any of these, because honestly, the whole tour was just perfect, and I think I will miss it forever. Oh, yeah. I think this tour, I'm going to be the most sad about seeing it go, of all of her tours. Absolutely. I mean, I really enjoyed the Red Tour, but when I went to the 1989 tour, it's not like I was like, oh, where's the 22 performance? I miss it. I mean, I do miss it, but, you know, didn't really think about it. But I feel like when I go to the next tour, I will definitely be missing some of these. Oh, yeah. All of them, really. It's hard to think that a lot of these songs won't even be performed on the next tour. It's very depressing. Honestly, I feel like there's a chance that only Shake It Off and Blank Space could make it. Oh, that's depressing. That's my prediction as well. Maybe Wildest Dreams in a mashup or acoustically because it was a single. But even among the singles, she can't keep all of them in the set list. She never played 22 on this tour. No. We'll have to see how Out of the Woods does. She clearly loves that song. It's one of her favorites. I think for one song out of her next set list, she needs to do like this super mashup of just like some of the best songs and and really just kind of tie them all together into one big six to eight minute set. I think that would be really cool. The next tour should just be all mashups. Like the first 15 minutes can be (laughs) debut album, (laughs) then Fearless, Speak Now, Red, 1989, and album whatever it is. Album six. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) Well, like Taylor said, this tour ended, I guess, at the right moment because everybody still loved it so much. And now we have a chance to relive it, which is great. And did you guys get to see the little clip that happened after the credits? Oh, yeah. The bloopers. So since Steph and I were the only ones that saw that, we just took a little pause and Nate went and watched it. Uh, So, Nate, what did you think? And can you explain a little bit about what it was? Oh my god. (laughs) First of all, how did I miss that? Second of all, it was so funny. So Taylor's like, there is hella drilling going on in the next room. You just hear background, (laughs) all these bloopers and things. She's like, I don't know, maybe I'll take a mixology course, you know, learn how to make a good drink. Maybe I'll just eat carbs for the next few months. I don't have to wear crop tops. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, they're building a house next door, I'm sure. (laughs) It's like, anyway, it was really funny. And then, of course, at the very, very end, you see the final tour video that she plays up on the big screen of Meredith and Olivia. So if you guys have not checked that out, definitely go do that. So as of right now, we only know that Taylor's future involves carbs and making drinks. (laughs) I think the biggest question I'm wondering about, which we'll find out whenever we find out, is what is her next hairstyle going to be? Just bring back the curls. I could see that. I'm still going with long and darker. Maybe not as dark as in Wildest Dreams, but darker. Maybe she'll go goth like that CSI episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we definitely want to hear what you guys thought of the tour video. 
And this is actually going to be our last full-length episode for 2015. So no new episode next week, but we'll be back the following week. And on our next episode in two weeks, we actually will have sort of a look back at all of Taylor's best moments from 2015 outside of just tours, just a look back at the whole year. So we have that to look forward to. And hopefully you guys have all had a chance to watch the tour video. If not, hopefully you'll have time soon with the holidays and having some downtime. So when you do, make sure you tweet us and tell us what you thought. And you can tweet us at SwiftCast13 or you can go to Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. We're at Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13. And everything's on our website at SwiftCast13.com. And just a reminder about our older episodes on iTunes, they will only show you our last 100 episodes now. So if you want to listen to anything older, make sure you go to our website, swiftcast13.com, and you can find all of them there. Newly redesigned website, thanks to Nate. (laughs) Yeah, we added some new pictures and changed a few things, so check it out. It looks pretty awesome. If you're not subscribed to us on iTunes, make sure you hit the subscribe button and that downloads the latest episodes for you automatically. So you never have to search and you just get them right away on your phone, iPod, or any other device. So definitely write to us. We'd love to hear from you over the next couple weeks before we kick off another year of SwiftCast. So do you guys have any predictions for how Taylor will spend Christmas and New Year's? Well, I don't know how she'll spend Christmas or New Year's, but I do have a bold prediction. And my bold prediction is that, assuming Out of the Woods is the next single, and that's what she was filming in Australia, New Zealand, I will say that either on Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day, one of those three holidays, she will release the Out of the Woods music video. I agree. I think, honestly, one of those holidays, she's going to do it. That'd be cool. It'd be a nice extra present since she already gave us the live 1989 tour as a gift. I can see her doing it on New Year's Day. It's Friday, which is often when she's released videos recently. I think that she'll probably spend Christmas in Nashville and go to LA for New Year's. Probably just sort of a quiet Christmas. Maybe no drones this year with Austin. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of agree. And hopefully... I'm hoping for New Year's she'll see Abigail because it seems like a yearly thing that they get together for New Year's. So that would be good. I think for Christmas or Christmas Eve, she's going to go back to Why I'm Missing and visit that Christmas tree farm and pick out a Christmas tree. That's what I think. (laughs) That would be pretty cool. And then she'll also have to pick the bugs off of it. (laughs) All those praying mantises. Manti? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No. Well, we hope you guys have a great holiday season and thank you so much for listening to all of our episodes throughout the year. And we can't wait to put out more episodes for you guys in 2016. Yes. Thank you, everyone. It's been a great year and we can't wait to see what Taylor is doing next. So for now, for episode 136, this has been Ashley, Adam, Nate, and Steph. And we will see you guys next year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.